Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium with your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. This is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is all about dynamic family leadership and leaving a profound legacy for our children. And this year, we've added family financial freedom as a major topic. We want to help families learn, act, and implement strategies to become financially free. So my second book is out. It's my second one. It's on Amazon. The links for both books are in the show notes. The first book's called Amazing Itty Bitty Book on Family Leadership. The second book, after you've created this harmonious family united in a purpose, is titled True Legacy Wealth, Creating Generational Wealth Through Real Estate Investing. Now that takes that purposeful family through to create a family business and prosper through a turnkey real estate program that we have where we help you find the property, renovate it, manage it for you so that you can just purchase it and prosper. All our properties are between fifty dollars and $150,000 and you'll cash flow now. You can go to truelegacywealth.com to find out more information and sign up for our free 45-minute strategy session. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and syndicated on rethinkradio.org, oneideaway.com, and Armed Radio. Okay, so let's get on to our show today because... I'm sure we have those helicopter moms out there who probably want to know a better way. Our guest is a Cuban-American serial and social entrepreneur. She's the founder of Fem City and virtual mentor to over 20,000 women. She's been quoted in Success, Entrepreneur, CNBC, Yahoo Small Business, Business Insider News as a small business expert. <laughs> She's also been featured in campaigns in People, InStyle, Real Simple Magazine, she serves as part of the White House Women Environmental Leaders Program and was a commission keynote speaker for Accenture's International Women's Month event, the SBA Regional Women's Conference, Luxury Brand Partner, and FemCity has been seen in Gilt, Vogue, AP, and Inc. in over 100 locations in U.S., Canada, and the islands. So let's bring her on, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to introduce you to Violet de Ayala. Hi! Hey, Jackie. I know that that intro. <laughs> it's like so long. So, um, But yeah, lots of good things. And sometimes when people hear that, they're like, I had no idea that you did all that stuff. So thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. I love it. So I know you have been married for over 26 years. And you have three kids spanning between 20 years old and the tweens. I'm not in the 20s yet. My daughter is 14 and my son's 11. But I think you know how that feels. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And yeah. I love that you have a rescue dog named Cosmo. I love that name. Now, it sounds like you're a seasoned, experienced mom, and you didn't take the helicopter approach or doing the homework for the kids rule. Route. Yes. So instead, you looked at the unpopular grit, diversity, and independence parenting route, like some of us moms, and that you practice for decades with plenty of trial and error. I think we all do that and reading all these self-help books and programs and really sitting down and having a, that connection with our children. What I want to know is why you decide 
to make that choice? And, and how has it worked out for you now since you have kids that now they're in their 20s? Yeah, so I actually was a latchkey kid, like so many, I think, of us out there. And that means that I, you know, would either take the bus home or walk home from school and kind of spend the entire day until the evening by myself. So when it comes to parenting, I really didn't have any models to look after. My mother was an opiate addict. Uh, she recently passed away from kidney failure. And so her addiction really prevented her from being being a, you know, a mother, what we kind of consider in society as a mother. My father traveled quite a bit internationally. And so even though I'm very, very close with my father, um, you know, his role at the time was to travel and to obviously bring home money for that family. And so I spent a lot of time by myself. And I always knew that when I had the opportunity to raise my own children, that I would really be more intentional I would definitely be more hands-on than what I had received, but also wanting to create very strong human beings. And some people look at me and they think, wow, you're so strong and you've accomplished so much. And how did that even happen when you really didn't have a mother? Um, and then your father was kind of you know, here and there when I was growing up because it was uh, work travels. And it was really just a matter of um, trial and error, like you mentioned before. So there's really no parenting guidebook. There's no like licensing. There's like nothing that we can really read. My son is 25, so at the time of his birth, there was no Google, there was no yep. like, chat forums or uh -huh. Facebook, or um, it was really just we had you know what to expect when you're expecting and that kind of series, but it ended after the toddler years, at least at that time. I don't know if they've added more to that um, series, but at the time, that's all I really had. Um, our focus, both Steve and myself, our focus was to really raise very independent, critical thinking children that would take on the world with a heart and soul of purpose and service for others. And then how do you even kind of do that? And I really feel that having them watch us be a part of community, you know, giving back, serving on multiple boards, that really helped to raise, we have two adults, we still have a little munchkin at 12. I have a 25 and 19 and then this little 12 year old munchkin. The two older ones are definitely very independent. They're very independently thinking minds also like these little humans and they believe that connectivity to the world and the purpose that we bring into the service that we actually um, kind of unroll really has been a fundamental part of I believe who they are and that has been connected to the parenting that we've given them. Yeah, I agree with you. My kids are younger than yours. For me, it's like sometimes too much information on the internet. You don't know where to go. And then when you have too much, you just don't do anything. I came from a background sort of opposite where my mom was it's an Asian background. So our parents were always on top of us. They were always there, sometimes too much. And so I had to learn how not to be a helicopter bomb. <laughs> right. And and give them a little bit of that independence and teach them resilience. And this grounding that we, I think you and I believe in, how do you define grounded kids and raising a grounded kid? So I think for me, when I think about a grounded kid, I think of uh, well-balanced humans that believe that they can design their life and they can also do it with a sense of service for others. That's really what we all want, not only for ourselves, but for other be others as well. So not egocentric, not narcissistic, not someone who um, is needy or codependent on other people, but someone who really can stand on their own. They have the faith and the belief within themselves that they are beautiful with whatever kind of physical form that they've been blessed with and that they, that they live life in a harmonious way. I mean, that's really the best part. You know, when we become those helicopter moms, I mean, I had the tendency of doing that as well. So giving, you know, having them and not having anything like 
you know, in that kind of um, traditional love, I wanted to be that, right? I wanted to like give them everything I didn't have. And then like you were saying, there's like a, a balance there. There's a moderation where you give, but you don't give too much. And because you want them to be able to stand on their own feet, you want them to have their own minds because in case that they go away to college or they travel abroad or, you know, something happens where you're not able to connect with them all the time, you want them to at least have that sound, balanced, well-grounded background so that they can have the grit to take on the world and to add their own flavor of beauty and positivity to impact others. And that's really when I, when I say like, oh, I want my kids to change the world. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like so intense. That's so intense. But you know what? Teachers change the world all the time. You know, you have teachers that are just loving their students, or you have people that are volunteering at church, or you have volunteers, you know, yes, at the police station. There are ways for us to change the world. It doesn't have to be, we don't all have to be Oprah's. Or we Gandhi. can do it. Or Gandhi, like, or Maria, Mother Teresa. Like, we can change the world just through the love that we share for others and helping others find that beauty and that those blessings around them. I think that's, that's really what we want for our children, you know? Yeah. yeah. What's the fundamental process that you have used to raise grounded children? I broke it down into three different steps because I love steps. I love three and I love act, like I love kind of the explanation behind everything. So I think the one thing that we did is that we allowed them to fail. And I think when you allow children to fail because they will fail in life in some way, right? You create businesses and you fail or you paint your walls a color and maybe that's not the right color and you fail or maybe you go to do a presentation it doesn't go over so well so we all fail that's part of life and there's also really profound growth in that but if you allow them to fail at a very young age it really creates this level of balance within themselves that they appreciate that that's part of life is that when you don't win that baseball game or you don't get that award or you didn't get honor roll or Perhaps you went to kickball and you missed the ball and you fell on your face. Whatever those failure moments are, to embrace them as part of life and to find humor and value in that. I know so many moms that when their kids forget their homeworks or their book and the parents drive all the way over to school to get that book. We never did that. We let them fail, let them get the F. I would rather them get the F in third grade and fourth grade so that it conditions them for the following year. So even my 12-year-old, when she goes through those moments, I tell her, it's okay to get that F. I'd rather you get the F now in seventh grade than to be in ninth grade and unprepared. So you have to remember to bring your books. And once a pain has happened so many times where they've gotten those many Fs because they forgot their book, they didn't turn in their project on time, whatever those things are, it really does create them to uh, be stronger adults because then when those moments happen in a business sense or a corporate world, it's okay. It's part of it. And they understand and hopefully they're more prepared for that. It's, I guess that's part of the helicopter, right? Where you're just always there for them. I mean, there's a time and a place for that to teach them, I'm, I'm assuming. I tell my kids failing or not winning is part of winning because if you always win, then you're too good at that. Right. It's like being in kindergarten forever. You're going to be too good and you're not being challenged. If you're not getting a B in something or you're not losing a game, then you need to move up to the next level. Right. And there's no growth there. Right. Yeah, so you're never there's no failing. Growth. There's no growth. I mean, and there, and we, nothing watered down, you know, that means that we're playing at a level of mediocrity. So when we play at a level of mediocrity, it means that we're watering down our purpose. We're watering down our talent and nothing good in life watered down is an, 
ever beneficial. So wine watered down is not good. Chocolate watered down isn't good. And neither are humans. You know, when we play small, it's just never where you want to be. Right. You, you got to be constantly being challenged. Your muscle needs to be growing, whether it's your physical muscle or your mental muscle. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you say you had three things. Oh, yeah. So the other one is the second one is the critical thinking. So I love this part because I think so many times as parents, we want to just instinctively say yes or no, right? Can I do this? Yes or no. And I found that as the kids became in that tween era of aging, you know, between the being an adult and kind of like thinking they're adults, um, that little nugget of time, instead of telling the kids yes or no, to develop the critical thinking. So let's talk about this question. Like for instance, I remember my son one time had gotten invited to um, a party in Miami. It was really far away in the middle of nowhere. They were gonna bring all these bubbles out. And you know, it didn't sound safe to me. So instead of saying, no, you can't go, that's ridiculous. You know, like you're 16 years old going to a place in a farm that doesn't belong to you with bubbles in the middle of nowhere with 300 people. That sounds like trouble to me, right? Yeah. So instead of saying, no, you can't do that, you know, we started thinking about like, okay, so what are the possibilities, what could possibly happen in that scenario? You know, could someone get hurt? And then what? Um, you know, when you all isolated, there were 300 people. Do you think there would be drinking? What, what would happen with that also? So kind of just asking the questions to get their minds thinking, because then they come to the answer themselves. And, and then all of a sudden you've created a, a pattern so that when you're not around, or when they become older, that they're able to critically think about situations and then judge to see whether or not it's a good idea to move forward. Another time, my son and a bunch of his friends, I hope he doesn't hear this because he'll kill me, but they decided, they were seniors in high school and they decided to rent a mansion on Miami Beach. It was like $100 each person. They were going to do the after party. So after the prom, they were going to do this after party. And when he told me that, he was getting ready to go to school, you know, for college. And I thought to myself, I can't baby walk these steps anymore. He's going to have to learn this one the hard way. Cause I knew it sounded like red flags all over the place. So we kind of had a little bit of a conversation. You know what, Christoph, you've got a lot of kids there. They're going to be a lot of drinking, a lot of balconies. You know, you might have to be the sober one to call 911. So be prepared to be that person to be of assistance to others because it sounds like a mess. It sounds like it's got red flags. You know, you guys gave money to this strange guy who's going to give you this house. It just sounds like trouble. I kept my mouth shut. He moved forward with it. And wouldn't you know, it was a scam. So it was some guy who didn't even own the house, collected all this money from all these kids. And you know, the guy pocketed like $3,000, right? Yeah. And, and so that was his money. And that was painful to him. But it creates that critical thinking of, you know, walking through the steps. Does this sound like a good idea? Does my gut tell me yeah. this does not sound good? What could possibly happen? And when we do that to children, by the time they do get to be 18 or 19 years old, they are then more seasoned for life because that's going to be everyday situations, right? Like someone's talking to you on the street, do you talk to them, do you not talk to them? Do you, you know, do you do this business deal with this person? Like you have to have those critical thinking um, components already created in your mind so that you can um, succeed in life. You can kind of get past that and kind of understand, like go with your gut. He knew it wasn't a good idea. Like somebody in his gut told him. Yeah, it usually does. Yeah, exactly. But for you know, all of us, not, not just him. We can go back and look at relationship, jobs, career, oh, absolutely. right? <laughs> absolutely. And so and then the third tip is like to, you know, we, we generally as parents, we use a lot of verbal like structures and conversations, right? Don't do this because I said so. Or, But instead of doing more of the verbal components, think more about the actions. And so children definitely 
um, watch more the parents and versus the listening part of it. Yeah. So instead of telling your kids, like I remember we used to force the kids to serve the poor. So every Christmas we would go down to little Havana and we would go ahead and, um, you know, set up these booths and we would donate, you know, give, uh, food for these needy families, about 400, 500 families in little Havana. Uh, so they would have a beautiful Christmas and then sometimes we'd give them gifts. And so at the beginning, you know, having to tell them that, right? You have to go serve. I don't want to serve. You know, everyone else is playing with their games and their toys. You know, I'm only sixth grade or, but as they see us acting in service of others, as they see it being a part of our every fiber, then all of a sudden it, it makes a difference in the way that they think about the world versus just talking. Cause they can, we can make checks all, all day. We can say, Oh, I'm so great. You know, I helped Jackie do this and I helped, but when they see us doing it, yep. it's more powerful than the words. Kids don't listen. Humans don't listen. Adults don't listen. I mean, that's why things are 140 characters. You know, people don't read newsletters anymore yeah. because we're conditioned. But if you behave and act in the way you want your children to emulate, that is way more powerful than having those like 800 word essay conversations at the dinner table of why you should anyways. Yeah. No, no one listens at all. Hey, but we didn't listen. Did yeah. we listen when we were little? There's, there's yeah. no why they made that Charlie Brown script when the teacher is going, wow, 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 and that's all the kids hear, right? Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> no one listens, but people watch. Yes. And and uh, and that is very powerful. People emulate what they see on TV, uh, what they see in the movies, art. You know, like that is definitely a way to impact others. And so I think that that has been a really big factor in raising these three humans is that it's always been through the action, like the visual side of who we are versus the way we talk because we can talk all day i'm so great you know you're so great you should be like me because i'm so great that's why they say action speaks louder than words just very exactly <laughs> exactly exactly often when we say these things you know it doesn't come out like it's not what we you know it's just better to become the person you want your kids to see become that person you want them to be because that's a bigger, a stronger impact on their life. Well, it's a mixed message. And there's, I did actually an episode way in the beginning about mixed messages that we as parents and even society gives. Like we'll say, get off the screen time. They look at us and we're on yes. Facebook. Right. A, or let's talk more. And then they, they come to us and we're on the phone. I'll talk to you later. I'm, I'm busy on the phone. It's like, well, wait a minute. And right. even in school, my, my daughter and my son has caught school because they're like, you know, they're preaching to us about healthy eating and no sugar and all this stuff. And then we go in the cafeteria and it's all junk food. Right. right. And so there's nothing, nothing healthy about these food, but they're telling us to eat it, but they're not giving it to us. And I don't want to eat lunch at school. Exactly. And yeah, so it's, it's, all around. It's, it's a society thing. And we keep you know, saying this and then we wonder why they're not doing what we're saying because we're not doing it right exactly <laughs> exactly the world, yeah. the world also the you know, whole world back it up like do actions because right that's... yeah you know like they say meditate and reduce your anger and then you look around you look every headline it's right. something about anger or you know, politics everything it's nobody's really listening to both sides and really listening to what it is really about is this is what I believe in that's it and I think this is what our children's learning and I think as parents I think you agree this if we are that foundation even if the whole world go crazy at least when they come home exactly. they see that we emulate action speaks they at least get like you were saying that grounding element um, any other tips you want to share I think just also I love that you mentioned that about screen time because I have always worked and I feel that with working, I've felt guilty, right? So, so many moms feel guilty because we work and then the kids are in school and then uh, we're not maybe at all the 
school events, you know, sometimes we have to miss those. And I think there's such guilt that women go through when they're raising children, whether they're your own or your stepchildren, your foster kids, or maybe you're an, an aunt very close to your niece or nephew. We always feel the sense of guilt. And I think the most beautiful thing that I was able to do is I never wanted to have my kids be latchkey kids. So I went in business for myself in order to be there for them. And I think quality time is something that we just, like you just said it right now. Like if you are like, oh, we should talk more, but then you're like this the entire time. But if you designate time, like when I pick up my daughter from school, from the bus stop, now I have one home now. One lives in Berlin, the other one in New York City. So I only have one little munchkin. But I did it with all three kids. When I picked them up from school, I was never on the phone. I never had anybody else in the car. It was always about them. And that was our quality time to just kind of connect about their day. And I found that it was so, and even at night, like before they went to bed, like reading them the bedtime book, like really scheduling. So if you work a lot of hours and you're feeling this guilt, really what they want is that quality time. So you can say, why well, spend time with my kids? Cause I'm an at-home mom. And I was an at-home mom for many years. Um, yeah, but if the kid's watching TV all the time and you're not really home or you're shopping or you're going to yoga class, then then you're not really spending quality time with them versus like working your hours if you need to work or if you want to work and then designated like really special quality time. That is so powerful. So don't feel guilty. Just schedule it in. I think that was, um, those were the two most beautiful parts of my day that I could be with them and really focus on just them. Like sometimes I'll hang up and go, you know what? I'm picking up my daughter. I know we're not finished with this meeting, but I'm picking her up. I'll call you back when we get home and she's situated and I'll call you back. She's my priority at that moment. And, um, and we all want to feel that, right? Like we all right. want to feel like yeah. we're out with our friends and you know, you're having coffee with your girlfriend and she's like this the entire time. Like you just want it to be you. Like Focus, you just want right, to feel like, right. yeah. yeah, I'm here. And like, I want you to appreciate my presence here because I, I appreciate you being here. So I think that's also a really big thing that we don't really notice. And I, I love that you mentioned that because how many times do we say that and then we don't do it? And I love that you mentioned quality time because you're right. A lot of parents think, oh, well, we're all under the same roof. So right. it's quality time. And hey, we're sitting at the dinner table together, but everybody's on their phone at the dinner table. You know, it's not about the physical presence. And that's not what we're talking about time. It's not physical presence. It's the spiritual, the emotional and the mental present that you're connected. And uh, 20 minutes is what they say. 20 minutes with each child. If they're younger, maybe bath time um, right. or reading a book to them, 20 minutes, just one-on-one -on -one with them turning off everything and your eyes are focused on each other. That's all they really need. It's not like hours in a day. Yeah. And humans even, how many times have you been to a retreat or maybe um, a book club or some sort of workshop, right? So you are in a setting that it doesn't allow you to you know, multitask. So you, so you have it down and you walk away and you're like, wow, I really know Jackie. Like you become best friends with that person perhaps, you know, it's because you spent quality time with them. It speeds up the connectivity that we have with others. That's why those retreats are so like deep and like, you create best friends because right. you're just there together and it speeds up 20, 30 years of what it would have taken over like these little pop-ups of like, you know, moments. Um, that's how powerful that is. So if someone's listening right now and going, ah, Jackie and Violet, whatever, like, no, it's really true. Like it, do it, like go to a book club or go to a gathering. Go. I mean, think of the last time you were on vacation out of the country where you couldn't use your phone. How did that feel sure, the first day? Of course, you're going through withdrawals, but after that first day, <laughs> it's really liberating. I mean, everybody tells me they're like, oh my God, we hate coming back. And then we're like back on drugs, the our chaos. tech drug, right. 
Right, um, right. But what I wanted to piggyback off what you were saying is that when the kids are younger, probably preteen, they want to be with us anyways. And those are the perfect time. But when they hit those teenage years, they're wanting to, it's their rite of passage to find themselves with their friends. You don't build those times when they want to be with you. That's the time where you are transferring your values and your belief and your mindset and everything, your decision making and critical thinking. If you don't install those before 11 years old, by the time they're teens, they're in the rebellion stage. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember <laughs> I remember I was at an open house when my son was in, I think he was going into eighth grade. And um, I think most ho- open houses at school or like par- or back to school night. That's what it was. It's back to school night. And you go from class to class to class to class to class and you meet like all the teachers yep, in like a 10 yep. minute increment. Okay. So like the last class, the teacher finishes up and she goes, and this it was an all boys school. She goes, this is the last year you'll have these boys. I thought, God, what a negative, what a horrible person to say that. Like, we're already emotional, like eighth grade are going to be like, she's like, this is the last year. So really appreciate them. Really like spend time with them because after next year, they're going to be out with their friends. They're going to be staying at other houses. They're going to be slumber parties. So this is your last year. And I laughed and I was really angry with her. I was like, God, it was so like, <laughs> that was so horrible. Like, I didn't need to hear that. But you know what? She was right. So if you, if you can spend the time with them at that age, right, like those preteen or early teenage years, you're absolutely right. You then have instilled all that you want to yeah. in them, at least the most that you can. You've put it in them. So they can make those decisions. I mean, jeweling or vaping. I mean, there's all these conversations they're having now. And, you know, they have so much more freedom now because of devices that we can't really supervise like we used to. And those are the moments where, yeah, you have up until, I mean, you always have that connectivity time, but it's, those are like the harder well, They'll age. come back in their 20s, but, you know, you oh, kind of lose them. <laughs> right, if I hear, between 13, about 21, you lose them. So you better make sure you install those great programs because they won't come back until their 20s. Absolutely. I <laughs> cried when, when, my old, when our oldest went to college. I cried as soon as he started senior year. I cried when they had the mom's breakfast senior year. I cried when he started applying to colleges. I cried when I picked him up the SAT. I had, I mean, it was like a joke. Like friends of mine would send pictures of boxes of tissues, right? Because we were all crying. It was all, they were all of our first like going away. And but people were like, why are you really crying? And it came down to, I thought that they would leave. Like I thought I would never see him again. And he comes back all the time. And I love it. And so when our daughter went away to college, I didn't cry at the high school graduation. I didn't cry at when we dropped her off at NYU. I didn't cry at any of that because you know what? They come back and they bring their friends and and yeah, and you have the ability to spoil them so that for sure they come back, um, spoil them attention and love. But um, yeah, it's so funny you say that. (laughs) We are out of time. I love talking to you. I know you're going to be back on the show, so we will talk soon. What's your website? So femcity.com is the website and I'd love to invite everyone for a free 30-day trial so you can take all of our classes. We have all these classes that are created for women that are launching businesses or thinking about launching a business. They're all free for you. So I invite you to check it out and you can always reach out to me through the website as well. I'd love to help you create and design the life you want. Femcity.com. Okay, and the quote of the week is just because you don't see results after a day or a week, don't give up because every smart choice you make is affecting you in ways you never imagine. Thank you so much, Violet. And listener, thank you. Until next time, always be learning and always be growing.
Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. Until next time, have a wonderful week.